Hello, Feel Good Friday, April 23rd, 2021. Coming to you live from the Fando Beach House down here in Tampa in preparation for Friday night SmackDown. Live on Fox at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Not Fox uh, News, okay? Not Fox Sports, not uh, FS8. We're talking about Fox. 8 o'clock tonight, let's have a good time together. If not, I hope you have an incredible weekend after listening to the show that I think is jam-packed. think you're going to learn a lot. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen. If you like the show, by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. Ty, let's get to it. Packed show today. Hey, packed show today. Sent out a lot of text messages, got a lot of responses quickly. We booked this thing no more than 32 minutes ago. (laughs) T.Y. Hilton will be joining us in about 27 minutes to talk about the undersized wide receiver, what it's like to transition from college into the NFL. If you might be a little bit under 180 pounds, under the certain frame that it used to be required to be a wide receiver. Devontae Smith came in small, 2-2. Atwell. Atwell from Louisville came in at like 149 pounds or Mm -hmm. something like that. I will talk to T.Y. We will talk to T.Y. in about 26 minutes about, is it that big of a deal, T.Y.? You seem to make the transition easily. A lot of people said he was too small, didn't know how he was going to figure out, played at a small school. He's a small guy, not going to be able to figure out the big leagues in the big teams. He did just that, just got paid again. He'll be a free agent after this year. Absolute stud of a football player. Cannot wait to chat with T.Y. and hear his thoughts. In the second hour, we'll talk to Friday Night SmackDown play-by-play host, Michael Cole. Yeah! Can't wait to talk to uh, the Cole train. You know, uh, can't wait to chat with him. See if SmackDown was canceled after my debut last (laughs) week. What did people say? How will we get better? And what did... I potentially do that made his job much worse than it's ever been in his entire life. Is that even something? I can't wait to chat with him. And then in the third hour, we will have Mark Sanchez joining us. Mark Sanchez allegedly now... He did not admit this to us, but Mark Sanchez allegedly uh, had a call with Zach Wilson to talk about being a Jet. I guess uh, Zach Wilson called a couple former New York Jet quarterbacks, none of them being Vinny Testaverde. Uh-oh. Interesting. Allegedly. Vinny Testaverde, by the way, other than Sanchez, the only one to ever really win yeah. as a New York Jet. Uh, so I want to know what Sanchez told him. Hey, what what what'd you tell old Zach about? Yeah. What'd you learn about Zach? Are you happy for Zach? Do you think Zach's going to end up like Sam Darnold Sanchez? Why don't you go ahead and give us all those kittles and bits about the situation? And also, A.J. Hawk will join us at Boston Connor. Ty Schmidt down here at the FanDuel Beach House. Zito and Foxy behind the camera. Can't thank you all enough for your efforts. Zito production is working, I think, yet again, somehow. Um, boys, Ty Schmidt more uh, particular. Mm-hmm. This day... Many moons ago, Aaron Rodgers falls down the draft, gets drafted to the Green Bay Packers, and I think I saw your tweet. You speak for every Green Bay Packer fan in the history of Packer fandom. Thank fucking God that everybody else messed that up, huh? Yeah, been counting my lucky stars ever since. I mean, you mentioned it, and I don't even think about it just because it's not the reality, but can you imagine potentially where the Packers would be at if they wouldn't have drafted Rodgers that year? If he would have went to someone else, God forbid, someone within the division or something like that. And, you know, it just kind of reinforces that Boy, did they make a fucking mistake last year getting Jordan Love. Well, you and I, I do believe that does potentially do that. But I think another thing it reinforces is that draft night, 
can take so many turns. Yeah. Organizations can be flipped on their head in one announcement of a pick by Roger Goodell. Thursday night, April 29th, the first round of the NFL draft. We will be having our annual draft spectacular, which, by the way, big, big guests. Yeah, huge. Huge lineup. Surprise guests, obviously, because I like that feeling of like, Holy who's shit. On? How me. did that happen? You know, what, what, no, who, who's coming on? That's cool. If that's how people react, that's cool. I don't think about that, though. All I think about is when person pops on screen, them going, holy shit. How did they get that? that that's what I, I don't think about the, the anticipation. Now, granted, up to something we were trying to sure, build up course, anticipation sure. a little bit, try to get some guessing. But for the draft spectacular, not only are we seeing moments be made and dreams come true for all the guys on this particular graphic and others that'll be drafted that we have never heard of before obviously but also a team turning on it but for us some conversations we've never got to have will happen about draft experiences maybe in their sport or in football maybe in their world maybe it's big i mean there is big guests coming some of them we've never talked to before so we're excited about that uh we cannot wait for thursday night be a friend tell a friend 7 30 eastern standard time youtube.com forward slash the pat mcafee show the draft spectacular uh joining us right now back in indianapolis uh, i don't think it's just the hammer down boys but that is who we will talk to right now this super boost that i have been putting out and listen through the nfl season we kind of took some lumps. We didn't win as often as we thought we were going to. And it was a feel-out session by me and Fando, I think, because, you know, to get the super boost up and to get everything going, I had to give in my picks a little bit early. Yeah, it's a process. It was a process, and, and I was putting together parlays to try to get big things, and yep. we lost some, but I learned my lesson. And, and I, I apologize to everybody that lost. I lost right alongside of you, but I do apologize for us losing sometimes. We won. Now, let's not. There was a lot of boosts yeah. that hit. Let's oh, not yeah. get crazy. But we didn't win every single one. I want to let you know, four out of the last five have hit. Last night being the most recent one, Sidney Crosby to score two points and get a win over the sorry-ass New Jersey Devils. Sidney Crosby scored 40 seconds into the game. Then he got an assist, I think, in the second period. That thing was over. They were up 4-1, 5-1 in the second period. Game over. Super boost, plus 300. People bet 51-150 last night. How you doing? Keep it moving. Let's keep it going. We're trying to take every dollar from this company right here, FanDuel. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue to... You know, we'll continue to research. We'll continue to hunt winners, as the Hammer Down boys say, uh, and win you some money on FanDuel. The interesting thing here, though, is that yesterday on this show, the Hammer Down boys, who have an incredibly winning record in gambling, they go live every day, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, youtube.com forward slash Hammer Down. They gave us, how they described it, a mortal lock on this particular show. Uh Uh-huh. They fucking lost yesterday. Yes, they Whoa, did. That mortal luck was not a winner. Now, thank God for the super boost. Probably made up some money for everybody that yep, lost on true. this one. But, boys, what happened last night? Angels in the outfield, I heard. Dogs were barking. This is what you you need to hammer. Both the COVID cowboy and the Canadian footy stud actually said, this is what we like. Hey, yeah. pal. Hey, pal. <laughs> this is what we like. And we all lost money. What the hell happened out there, Tone? Pat, I just want everyone to know and clarify that I still had a winning overall night. So if you follow Hammer Don and got all the other bets, it was still a winning night. Hey, by the hey, way, congrats. That a baby congrats. congrats. Here's the position that we're in when you guys are in Florida. You send to us and we come on and we try to be entertaining while informational, oh, uh, informative. Yeah. 
so that people will come to Hammer Dot at four o'clock every single day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get a little carried away. Oh, <laughs> oh, the dogs are barking. Then, yeah. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> the angels are I, I mean, so you sacrifice and then, the pick for the entertainment? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Still love the pick. Absolutely oh, okay. love the okay. pick. Okay. But Stooges, Stooges who don't follow Hammer Down, who don't follow me, who are brand new, and who are blindly going to follow a fucking rodeo clown... <laughs> Uh, without doing their own research. If you lose, I'm fucking sorry, pal. I mean, that happens. That That's gambling. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you listen to Hammer Down, it's still a winning day for both of us. So, I mean, that's all that matters to me. Gumpy, whenever we went over to the Hammer Down boys there, and Diggs, I can understand what you're saying. Believe me, I went on uh, college game day every day, and I picked strictly <laughs> for the entertainment reason. Yep, I, uh -huh. I picked the Red Wolves strictly so I could howl. Oh. On, howl. On the first, and they lost, by the way, to Coastal Carolina, <laughs> which actually started my relationship with the Mullet Boys down there in right, Coastal Carolina because right. I said, I don't believe in them, <laughs> just so I could howl. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And in sports gambling is such a flip of the coin. You you literally could be right either way. Yeah. Now, Hammer Down has maintained a way to win more, much more often than not. We do believe that'll probably turn, but right. here at this particular what – what's that? FanDuel Beach House? We, I just want to let you know. We are following along with what you guys got going yep. on, but we all kind of understand you guys are probably going to stink at some point. We thought that was potentially yesterday, but then the update that you did still have a winning night is a big deal. Yeah, Gumpy, whenever we went to the shot of you guys in Indianapolis, you were pointing your finger directly at Diggs. What was that all about? You didn't like the Angels pick yesterday, or was it Diggs was like, hey, we got to be entertaining, you know, flap your wings. <laughs> is that what happened? No, if you remember the whole uh, Christopher Columbus conversation that started yesterday, I actually had Cleveland as my pick of the day, and it was a push. Oh. Okay. Okay. So Diggs is so, a loser, not you. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to take the L on that one. That was Diggs and the Angels on that one. We, I, In our defense, <laughs> on hammered down. Soon as uh, soon as uh, soon as we got done with our hit yesterday or whatever, I said, ah, oh, went a little hard on that one. <laughs> and, then it, and then you tweeted it out, and then Fandle fucking develops a super boost. So, so we are on hammer down. I said, this bet's got no fucking chance. The gambling gods will not let this fly. Hey, uh, we're getting very loud with your pick. By the way, I may or may not have done that on purpose. I don't know if you saw the capital letters <laughs> yeah. on Mortal Lock, uh -huh. just because that gets the internet yeah. into a full tizzy. It's not a Mortal Lock. And then when people lose it, oh, so much for this your fucking Mortal Lock. Yeah. Uh, it's such a good little stir of the pot there. But the way you were selling it yesterday, now we're yeah. learning that you were selling it strictly off of promotional purposes. Right. Um, was amazing. I thought it was a mortal luck, especially because of how much you guys have been winning. Now, the fact that FanDuel was able to flip that thing into a super boost tells you how far we have come from the beginning of the season. Yeah. I used to have to put these super boosts in on Wednesday night. Didn't even know what happened on Thursday night football. Had no idea who was playing on Sunday. I used to have to put these in because they had to, you know, figure, now we've, both sides, I think, have kind of gotten a little bit more, okay, here's the process. This is how we do it. This is how we get going. They lost $5 million, I guess, on one of the Super Boosts or something. I mean, so I'm not sure they're as quick. They must have heard what we – they saw the tweet. They saw Diggs's shenanigans. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's, we could get a boost up here quick. This one's going to definitely not hit. I mean, it did seem like there was odds stacked against you, but I appreciate you boys taking your shots whenever you get a chance to stand in the batter's box. 
Congrats to you, though, for still being the hottest NHL better in the, all of the land. Thank you. Happy you say that because if you take a peek, see right here over my shoulder, boys, there is a graphic that says that super boost is currently 4-5. Wow. Shout out to Dirty, by the way. Mike Dirty drawn <laughs> yeah. to the game. Put this thing together literally in the last four minutes or whatever. Shout out to the greatest fucking hockey player of all time. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, Sydney. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Love this guy. This guy has never led me astray whenever I super boost Sidney Crosby. Not once. You know why? Because this is the greatest hockey player to ever put skates on. You can't see him down there because the table's kind of covered. Those skates right there are on the man that plays hockey the best in the history of the fucking sport. Nobody talks about it because nobody cares about hockey. I've got a chance to see him literally since he was like an 18-year-old in Pittsburgh. Unbelievable. Some people say he whines a little bit. What? Because he's got a fiery edge? Huh? The scumbags in Philadelphia try to take his take his head off with a stick and he whines a little bit. Of course, he's trying to survive for the good of hockey, by the way. If this guy survives and doesn't get his goddamn head cut off like people were trying to do his first couple of years, it's good for hockey. Now, the NHL doesn't know that. They tried not to put him on national TV every single night. They should. This dude, best of all time. I will ride with him a lot. Look for more super boosts riding on the shoulders of old Sidney Crosby, but incredible graphic by Dirty. Oh, wow. Dirty, great hey, work. Quick awesome. turnaround. On the phone? I am, uh, I am the hottest NHL better, I do believe. Oh, yeah. At the moment, yeah. For sure. Well, actually, this whole season, really, whole if season, you think about it. I've only bet on super boosts on hockey. And four of the last five. I mean, they've been hitting. Well, no, I have done, uh, I've done live betting, too. I tweet them out every single time oh, I yeah. do them. I only bet on Sidney Crosby, though, so that's like uh, it's a safe bet. Anyways, <laughs> did I beat betting? Maybe. Let's talk about some other things happening in the NFL. Uh, we chatted about it early. Roger Goodell will be allowed to dap up and potentially hug uh, people that get drafted the first night in Cleveland. Now, the interesting thing about this whole thing is that there was no rule created to prevent the players on site from celebrating however they'd like with Roger Goodell or whomever. Goodell is vaccinated, and it's only a brief moment. So the NFL, Roger Goodell, the competition committee, the health and, and safety protocol, yep. uh, the head doctor said, hey, Rog, listen, we know it's a cool moment. You can still dap up the boys. Oh. Thank, Thank God. God. Let's go. I wonder if Rod was potentially thinking about not getting the vaccine or whatever, didn't even really know, and then they were like, you get vaccinated, you get to dap people up. Fucking put it in. Do right it right now. now. Do it right now. Give me the first and second one, both arms. Immediately. If I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That moment where that 300-pound nose tackle or D-tackle. Yeah, Wilkins. We just had that picture up on the screen right mm -hmm. there. That Roger, this is when Roger became my, yeah. my commissioner. Yep. Uh-huh. Roger Goodell has had to make a lot of decisions that have not made a lot of people happy because that's what's going to happen when you're a commissioner of the biggest league of all time. Okay, Roger Goodell, I assume, has made a lot of mistakes publicly, but that's going to happen when you're the commissioner of the biggest league on earth. Now, when you see other commissioners like Manfred open their fucking mouths, you're like, okay, Roger Goodell would run circles in the commissioner games around this son of a bitch. Yeah. But what I'm saying with Roger Goodell, when he took this, I think it was a defense alignment. That does not look like a tackle now just by the build. I might be wrong, but I think it's a D-line. Yeah, that's, that's a tackle. Him. Yeah, yeah. D-tackle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was he a D-tackle or a D-tackle? D-tackle, yeah. He's a big, big son of a bitch. Uh -huh. yeah. He jumps up and wants to do like a bump, like an up-top like type of bump with him. You know, how you doing? Keep him moving. Shoulders. Let's go ahead and fly to the skies. Roger Goodell does a little bit of jump in a full suit. <laughs> Roger Goodell's 60-some years old. Yeah. And he eats this guy jumping on his shoulder, <laughs> maintains on very slick shoes, yeah. and keeps him down celebrates gives him the jersey keeps him moving i was like 
That's my fucking commission right there. Oh, yeah. I can't believe he took that. Uh, there's also 50,000 people per night making their way or allowed to be in Cleveland for the NFL draft. They're opening up more tixes, uh, tickets. So I wonder if that's because of new protocols in Cleveland. So the, the Indianapolis 500 has 137,000 people going to yep. it. That's one day event, though. In the NFL draft, we'll have 150,000, right? This is a three night affair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'd be 150,000. Did we? Uh oh. Did we? Did we? Uh, hey, huh. people are wondering. People are kind of asking around a little small. Did we? Uh, did we beat COVID? Ah! We did! Yeah! 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 We did it. Yippee, gang. What a run. We did it. We did it. 50,000 people going to be in Cleveland to watch dreams come true. They're going to be able to dap up and jump into each other. Mm-hmm. We might think about saying that six months ago. No way. No you wouldn't have. Hey, Raj, don't dap up anymore. We're not doing it. It's dead. Sit in your basement. Sit, eat your M&Ms. Uh-huh. Yeah, peanut M&Ms. Be our commissioner. Be yeah. cool. Be relatable. Sit in that chair you've sat in for like 30 years. Do that again. That's what everybody thought was going to happen. And they're like, nah, nah. We as a world, okay, put our heads together. We created some shit. We did some shit. We fucked up a lot. But here we are staring down 137,000 people on a racetrack that will be able to have. By the way, a lot of people were saying on the Internet that the Indy 500, a bunch of stooges for allowing that. But 137,000 people, uh, they'll be able to probably have every other 45 seats. Drop in the bucket. It is so big. I assume it will be spread out. That might be like. 30 to 40% capacity. I believe it said 40%. There it is. So it is a huge area. So a lot of people that don't know that were attacking the celebration we had for it yesterday. Right. Not knowing that, hey, 137,000 sounds, we understand that sounds like a lot of people, but it's nowhere near what is normally there. Normally no. it's 300, 400, 5,000 people, including the infield, which I assume they're not having open this year. But yeah, so that's happening. 50,000, they're saying we're going to be able to do that safe. The NFL saying, which by the way, the NFL is not going to go out and do something Okay, if they don't think that they're not going to, you know, execute it to plan. The NFL, biggest league on earth, makes a lot of money. They do fuck up. Let's not, I'm not saying they don't fuck up, but they would not be allowing more tickets and 50,000 people if they didn't get some sort of information that tells them you can allow more people. We can up this whole thing. Who's talking to who? We don't know, but it feels like we beat COVID. Hell yeah. We did it. (laughs) Not to mention, we would have heard something bad about the Texas Rangers opening day at that stadium that is something we were going to keep an eye on it and much much like most things in our world mm-hmm. we completely forgot kind of just drifted away yeah yeah but if it's bad are they dead no it would have crawled into your timeline i feel like if they yeah, were Yeah, you're right you know we have not heard massive fallout i guess from the potential super spreader event Forty thousand people to watch baseball who know that that still happened think it only happened because (laughs) it was the largest sporting event or any i would assume public gathering since the covid Mm -hmm. came into our world and wrecked everything have not heard a lot about the fallout of that though but you gotta remember there's a potential 10-year thing true oh that's right (laughs) yep don't even get up. Do you remember when that was the thing? Oh, yeah. When that got introduced, I was very worried. Like, bro, 10 years we're going to have to do this? Yeah, you're fine now. Hey, we, we don't know what the 10-year effect is, so we're going to have to monitor that. That was that, like seven, eight months in, maybe nine months in. And it was like, oh, we, we don't know what's still going to happen 10 years from now. I'm like, hey, guess what? We're not going to know until 10 years from yeah. now. I, there's no way we're all just, well, we've got to monitor this closely. Let's go ahead and keep it shut down for another three, four months. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking there was a chance that it was going to be – and I don't think I'm the only one here. I thought there was a chance that it would be a very restrictive environment that we lived in. 
for at least the next two to three years. Oh, yeah. At least I thought that. And maybe that's because we do overreact and we are very much in the moment and reacting to what we're hearing on a day-to-day basis and seeing because we are a daily live show and that's what the job calls for. Mm -hmm. But it did feel like that at some points that we were never fucking getting out of this thing. No, we had that. There was that little spurt after things got like really bad where they kind of like opened things up a little bit and people were kind of out and about and everything. And then like. Two weeks after that, they're like, oh, shit, we've made a massive mistake. Back Get here. back inside. Back waves here. waves three and four yeah. have already tag-teamed each other in the crowd. They are coming. And then I remember it did shut back down. Florida and Texas were the exceptions. Yep. Florida and Texas were open. But whenever Foxy and I went down to Orlando for that uh, takeover, mm-hmm. what was that, October? Yes. October, I think. I think it was in October. And it was still pretty shut down in the world. The world yeah. was pretty still, still pretty shut down. Right next to our hotel, they were having a block party. Oh, no, it was December because it was a whole Christmas party. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was that's December. right. Yeah. They were having a whole block party. Now, a majority of people had masks on. There were some people that were like, I ain't doing I ain't it. fucking wearing it. I ain't wearing it. You ain't covering my face. Dumb with this shit. Why don't we fucking wear it? <laughs> what, you want me to wear a hat? Why don't I just wear a fucking... <laughs> Give me that face shield. Every store, restaurant were open. People were out and about. It was pretty crazy. But people did have masks on. Yeah, definitely. Which I thought that was what it was. New normal. It's going to be the the new normal is going to be these masks. And there was a lot of people that were not thrilled that that was. This is not normal. This is not. Let me live my life. This is not new normal. I understand that I can go do everything that you guys say I can't do if I just do this one thing. But I'm fucking doing it. (laughs) They felt that way passionately. Oh, yeah. And then people are on the other side, like, no, that that shouldn't even be happening because one mask isn't good, actually. You actually need four masks. It's Mm -hmm. like, whoa, whoa, my God. So I just assumed that we were going to have some sort of rules that were going to restrict us from being humans again for at least two to three years. 50,000 go into the NFL draft here next week in Cleveland, Ohio, which I've not heard Ohio has been the most open. Maybe it has. I'm not sure it hasn't. But that is... That's massive for us, I think, as a world. Like, like, if if you're not a football fan, well, you wouldn't be listening to the show. So, fucking, you are a football fan. You are. <laughs> you love football. But as a, a human, though, like when I see the NFL make decisions like this, it's like, okay, so they're hearing something that is. And for me, it's I'm excited about it because I thought that was not gonna. I right. thought we yes. were nowhere near because Australia opened up for that tennis tournament. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Australian And then they Open, shut yeah. it down in the middle of it. They're like, uh, we found out somebody in an apartment right over there has it. Everybody's got to evacuate. I was like, so everybody was trying to open. Everybody was trying to open. Everybody was trying to do things, and it felt like they were just backfire, backfire, backfire. Rangers have not heard anything about. No. It. Nope. And it feels like the NFL is like they have enough information. Or like, yeah, we're going fifty thousand in Cleveland or whatever. And Cleveland had to agree with that too, by the way. Well, and that's why it felt like it was going to take so long too, right? Because Fauci and some scientists were saying, "Hey, Shout out. this is going to be a long, long time till we get a normal. Make sure you put some goggles on because you might get COVID that way." And then there's the other people that were saying, "Hey." We're going to get full stadiums come this fall. And it was just, you had to either pick a side. And luckily enough, we got full stadiums. We beat COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are going to tweet us and tell us that we're nowhere near that. Yeah. But the NFL has to know something too, right? Because they. Why in Cleveland? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Because, like, with the Super Bowl, I mean, they basically figure out how to, okay, we had, what, they had 27,000 people in there or whatever. No one got sick. They did it safely. So they obviously know, like, okay, I. We, we can probably 
you know, multiply this by two or whatever and still figure out how to do it safely and there aren't going to be any issues. More space, more parking lots. We'll put people in, still be able to do the dap up. Right. I mean, it's 50,000 people is a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now, granted, Nashville is like 250, 300,000 people. True. Allegedly. And in London, whenever we had a uh, press conference over there for our London game, allegedly 700,000. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. My God. I think they... I think they just counted every human that was potentially in downtown London. In Within like eight city blocks. At, at that time. <laughs> yeah. He's here for the game. Yeah, No, no. It was for the... Because they shut down... There's a main road in London. I Piccadilly? Think. Is that the main road in the middle of London? One of them, I believe. I don't know. The main road in London. Whatever it is. They shut down for this festival for the NFL, basically. Oh. And we go out and speak. And the driver that was driving us to the place, there was a couple of us that got to speak, which was dope that the Colts let me speak over there. I did well. It was pretty good. It, but it was a good time. <laughs> I, I did pretty well, I think. But the driver was like, can't believe they shut down like the street it was. So mm-hmm. they're like, they're making it a big deal over here or whatever. Like the driver sounded a little bit like. Uh, Skeptical. Like a yeah. little condescending. Like they're making it a big uh, deal or whatever. Yeah. But there was definitely people that traveled from all over Europe to get there. And to be in London. So the number probably inflated 2x, if I had to guess, sure. just by standing there and looking. Now, who knows if I can eyeball 300,000 people? <laughs> I'm not saying I can or can or whatever, but the numbers always seem to be a bit ridiculous. So with the 50,000 thing, I wonder if that's them actually thinking 50,000 or if it's going to be like 30 to 40,000 capped there and then maybe stragglers or whoever's in the areas counts as 50,000 because it's going to be an open yeah this can be an open Huge. area you massive know? when you flew home from london that time did you also eat 58 edibles again or that was the trip was that a normal <laughs> no that was the trip and it was only either 13 to 15 of them <laughs> That was tough. I saw the Northern Lights, though, pal. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. They looked beautiful. <laughs> they looked absolutely beautiful. I played dominoes with uh, uh, Antonio Cromarty and a couple other people. You win? No, it's just I've always watched dominoes games. Yeah. I've never really. I'm a card player. The bones and dominoes, they kind of go hand in hand with card playing, but I've never dabbled on getting into the game. I've seen the loud 15, yeah. 20. Yeah. I've seen it all. Yeah. I kind of get it. I don't know the strategy, though. I've never been able to pick up the strategy good enough to really put myself into the games that were having potential stuff on the line. Sure. Yeah. So on that trip home, since I knew I couldn't sleep and I, I did not want to be alone, I do not want to be with my thoughts. Yeah. Here. Okay, so I want to... Uh, the dominoes. I felt like I learned a little bit. And uh, somebody came down with a 25, I think, or a 20, and uh, actually flipped the entire table in the middle of the plane. Nice. Oh. Yeah, it was like 2, 3 a.m. It was cool. That end the game? Yeah, oh. game ended. And I was like, yeah. that's awesome. And everybody's <laughs> like, I guess. But <laughs> it's not. It was but, like an yeah. interesting <laughs> It was a pretty cool thing. I enjoyed it. Uh, but, yeah, that was the same trip. Oh. So I got to speak to 700,000 people. Uh, lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars on a team that I was on, you know. Oof. And I did not perform well, by the way. Walt Anderson had me kicking brand new footballs like a fucking piece of shit. I mean, come on. Not that he is full-time, but at that particular moment, he was a full bag of shit to me. <laughs> Literally, first punt, I catch the ball. This is a brand new ball. What is this? How has this even happened? Walt, I guess, told the English ball uh, keeper to get rid of the good balls that the equipment managers worked on. Just... And then, by the way, that's when I had to call Dean Blandino. Yep. I had yep. full conversation with Blandino the next day. I'm like, hey, man, London, I got to I got to speak to the crowd. I think I have some people over here. Walt doesn't want to see me shine, Dean. What, what? He said, well, there's a protocol. We have to stick to the protocol. I will talk to Walt. I'm sorry about that. I'm like, Dean, Dean does that take back the bomb that yeah. I didn't hit yesterday? Like, I don't know what you want me to do about it, Pat. I'm like, 
Well, fair. All right. Okay. Fix it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I also got an offsides penalty over there from Walt. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was not a great. Vinatieri still made the kick, so it didn't matter. But that was where he said, "Nah, I'm gonna call it on one." one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call it on one. He said, "That's a that actually actual words that came out of his mouth in the little referee meeting that Matt Overton had snuck his head into because Overton's a snapper. We went on a hard count because uh, we're potentially gonna you know try to go for two maybe if we get a if you get him jump because ball's at fifteen. Snaps it to 15. Yeah. You get a hard count, though. Penalty, that ball goes to the one now for a potential two-point conversion. Yep. So it's actually not a bad time to switch up the uh, rhythm of your snap because people have to watch it on film. The edge people have to watch on film knowing that you're not going to go on one every single time so there's no real catch. And also, you potentially steal a point out of this thing. Yeah. So we like to, on extra points, actually go on three sometimes. We'll go one. We'll go two. We'll mm-hmm. go – like there, a lot of that. And it was always – I always did the same. I worked on it. I worked on to the rules, to the regulations, and uh, we called it. Matt Overton, we're all pumped. I'm like, got a guy. D-tackle was actually leaning. Overton poke, uh, pokes his head in. The ref goes, uh, D-tackle, and I had a false start or whatever. And Walt goes, nope, I'm going to call it on one. And then walks out, calls it on me. And then Terry had to kick a... Uh, a 38-yard extra point <laughs> with a brand-new football. Yeah. He was not thrilled about it, but we had to do our thing. Uh, let's go and talk to a Colts legend, shall we? Oh, let's yeah. do it. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who just signed a one-year deal worth a lot of money with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, an absolute legend in Indianapolis, a man who's nicknamed the Ghost because he would disappear behind defenses. More specifically, the Houston Texans defense is where it started, <laughs> then it went everywhere else. Hoping to have a great season with Carson Wentz. Can't wait to watch Watch it, ladies and gentlemen, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, T.Y. <laughs> What's going on, man? What's good? How, how you doing? Hey, not too shabby. Thank you for joining us today. I know um, you're a busy man getting ready for the season. Uh, I wanted to thank you publicly here for allowing me to go watch those final four games. That was very dope of you and the Miley Cyrus concert. I appreciate that immensely. Oh, no problem. No problem. Glad you was able to make it. Hey, listen, I did not know that was a nine-hour evening. I apologize I did not stay for the entire... I apologize I did not stay for the entire thing. What a moment you got to witness, though, with the uh, sug shot and everything like that. I I should have been there, but I wasn't. But anyways, let's move on. T.Y., right now, walk around playing weight. What is it? Height, weight. Uh, Height, 5'9", but I'm 5'10 with shoes on. Okay. Uh, People forget. Yeah, I I weigh 178. (laughs) Okay, so you're 178. So 5'9", 178. I would assume like 10 years ago, 7 years ago maybe even, that size at wide receiver, a lot of teams would probably scoff at. They'd be like, well, we can't do it. Can't get off the line. Won't be able to do anything. If he takes one hit, he's done for. Watching you in person, you had this incredible elite ability of not taking big hits. And at the beginning of you doing that, I think Indianapolis Colts fans were like, like a little bit groaning at it. And then it was like, oh, no, no, he's going to be around. Okay, this guy's not taking any unnecessary shots to gain another half a yard. It's like I think that's an actual skill that you have, and I assume a lot of smaller guys have. But what was the transition like into the NFL? And do you think Devontae and Tutu, who I believe is a South Florida boy as well, do you have – do you have any advice for them, or do you think it's not going to be that big of a deal, especially with what you had to go through early with Andrew Luck? I, m- I missed the last part. What do you th- do? You have any like advice, or do you have what was any transition for you? And and did you do you see it as a big deal at all with the size potentially being a wide receiver inhibitor? 
I mean, I don't see it. I don't think it's a, a problem uh, with their size. Um, I mean, as long as they're comfortable at their size um, and they're a football player, well, they're both heck of a football player. So um, as long as you're comfortable with your weight and what you're playing at, you, you're, you're going to be fine. I mean, as long as you go out there and make plays, uh, do what the team asks you to do, score touchdowns, make explosive plays, do, do all the things you've been doing um, this whole time, um, nothing's going to change besides you got bigger dudes that's making more money and their job is to lock you down. So you just got to play to your strengths, man. And once you start breaking down film and understand um, how they play and what they like to do, um, just use your strengths, man. That's the, that's my, my, my key advice to you is use your strengths. Play to what, what works for you. And as long as you're comfortable, you'll be fine. So, so was there anything that kind of, because of your size, do you think there was anything – in your entire career, first year ever, do you think there was anything that ever held you back because of your size? Or did you ever think like, oh, if I was a little bit bigger, I wouldn't have to deal with this? Was there any of that ever? Or are you like, no, this is not that big of a deal at all? Uh, no, because the one thing that they can't measure at the combine is your heart. And I got I got, I got a lot of heart. And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to stop me from achieving anything I want to achieve. And my heart is the biggest thing on my body. And and I play with that. As long as you play with your heart and you give everything you got, um, the sky's the limit for you. Was there ever problems with the jam? You just talked about uh, bigger guys making good money that are trying to not. Was there ever anything with the jam? Did you have to learn different techniques? Or is there anything that they'll probably have to do that you had to do as well if you're a little bit undersized going against some corner that's trying to make sure you don't get off the line? Unlike college football where they don't do a lot of that. Uh, you. That's one thing you have to get used to is, is guys in your face pressing you. Uh, but... Like my, my film study is amazing and the way I study film, um, I just use my strengths. You know, some of the some of the big guys like for you to sit at the line and dance, some of them don't like you to do that. So you just gotta play to your strengths and that's what I do. Sometimes I use my quickness, sometimes I use my lateral footwork. It depends on what DB I'm going against. One hundred and forty nine pounds sounds that's like Floyd Mayweather. That sounds so small. Like if you just if you put that in comparison of other side and I don't think people are just comparing uh, wide receivers to to to. I think it's just like NFL in general. When you think about that, you think it, because you know him. I'd assume you do know him down there. It feels like that's a tight knit community down in South Florida. But because you know him and what what you just said about your heart and being comfortable with yourself, you think that if it, it this is not something that is a deal breaker for him. You think? Uh, I don't think it's a deal breaker, but I also know that in the league they're going to put weight on you. So. You just gonna have to be comfortable. Uh, one forty nine. I think he, he's definitely gonna have to put on some weight because one hit there uh, is it, gonna hurt, especially in this league. You're gonna take big hits. So um, you know, coming from down here, he'll be he'll be all right. <laughs> hey, question though, did, when did you start avoiding massive shots like that? I I don't know if it gets talked about enough. And now that there's gonna be more potential undersized. Uh, in old school, traditionalized, undersized players playing at different positions, the ability to not take a big shot and know when there's potentially one coming, is that just something natural or you always had to have it because of your size and everything like that? Um, both. Um, it's come natural to me. And also, you got you to gotta, you gotta pick and choose your battles. You know, now if it's third and one and guys are coming, you're going to you're gonna have to lower your hat. You're going to have to lower your shoulder and get that first down. But if it's like second and eight and you you five yards away ain't no need to take that big hit now if it's third and two third and three and you two yards away you got you got you got to dip your shoulder and do what's best for the team 
and you got to get that first down because third down is, is your money now. So you just got to pick and choose your battles. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're very busy today. You just got off of a fortnight loss. I think. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you lost or not. I assume you won. But have you gotten a chance to work with Carson Wentz anymore? How do you feel? You like the way things are growing with him, both as a uh, relationship, uh, as friends, and as teammates here? Oh, absolutely. I love the way things are going on. We haven't had a chance to work together yet. You know, we um doing virtual meetings right now, so um, we haven't had a chance to get back. But we're constantly communicating, and then um, maybe about a week or two, I might uh, go back up there and start back training. Um, but this week right here, a big week, MMA week. So, you know, I'll be in Jacksonville. Oh, you're going. Oh. oh. I didn't you're going. Hold on. I got one last. You did throw with Carson, though, before once, right? Broke up. Hey, you did throw with Carson once, though, before, right? I did throw a Carson once. Okay, okay, good. You liked him because you said I didn't got a chance to throw with him and down here make me look like a liar because I said that you you did do that. So. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we threw once, but uh, <laughs> I'm saying like uh, maybe yeah. in another week or two, we're going to get back together. Got OTAs virtual potentially. Let's talk about MMA. Are you a big MMA guy? How do you feel about oh, sh- Hey, Street MMA Jesus. This, hey, this is my week. All my fighters are fighting. I'm in a building. Street Jesus going in there. You think he's uh, bouncing back? What are you thinking here? Against Uzma, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great, great, great fight. But you know, I got I got to ride with a three hundred five all day. Okay, who else do you like in there? If we're putting bets, oh, Valentina, Valentina versus Jessica Andre. I'm going Valentina. She's gonna remain the champ. Okay. And then Rose versus Wally. I'm going with Rose with the upset. Whoa. Let's go. T.Y., enjoy your weekend. I can't thank you enough. Be safe. Can't wait to see you and Carson have success next year. It's going to be awesome. Good luck this weekend in Jacksonville as well. Ladies and gentlemen, T.Y. Hill. Yeah, T.Y. I appreciate it. People go through many changes as we get older. Isn't that right? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30, and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero, or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. (laughs) one of them damn word problems this is one of those problems where you're like well wait a minute uh which can i ask a follow-up anyways i was good at those tests because i always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher that's right okay (laughs) i don't know what's going on but this is me versus you fuck you that's how i I view that's why friends at roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production i did not know this they formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients you hear this aj roman's Mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function they formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients getting started is simple just go to getroman.com usa their supplement contains Vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, mm, maca, and 
ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Joining us right now, ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion and Super Bowl champion and noted cigar smoker, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah. AJ, I'll tell you what, man. I just checked out your Instagram. I can't wait Whoa. to drink a Miller Light, dude. Yeah. What is, yeah. you haven't posted in a, a year, <laughs> yeah. in a month, and all of a sudden you come out with a paid advertisement on your Instagram, completely doing social media absolutely wrong. But I want to let you know we are all going to support the hell out of you. We are thankful you're getting back into the internet. And if we can thank Miller Lite for that, we would also like to extend a massive thank you to Miller Lite for doing that. What a photo shoot. What a post by you. You're looking at a new Miller Lite guy, AJ Hawk. Yeah! That was awesome, dude. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you consuming my content, Pat. There's there's more to come. Who do you have talking to you about this? Do you have like some social media guru that's on your team that's like, hey, listen, we'll do the post for you. You got to do a paid advertisement. We'll use hashtag ad, hashtag we got paid for this, hashtag the government doesn't really read this. Why are we loading this thing up with this much bullshit? Nobody wants to read this. Hashtag this, hashtag this. Do you have somebody on your team that did that? Who did it? Yeah, I had some help uh, putting that. You have to make sure you get all of the uh, the right things in place when it's an ad and when it's an alcohol company, too. There's all these different regulations and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Go, go get yourself a Miller Lite today, Pat. Enjoy yourself. I, I, I don't do uh, much drinking anymore, but when I saw you holding that, you know, that. that, that good. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Delicious. But I was so happy. Somebody sent the link to it into the group text, and I didn't know what the hell it was. I thought it was a throwback picture. I clicked on it. You posted that today or whatever. I, I'm like, when was the last time he posted that? It was April 23rd, 2020, and it was a promotion for last year's draft spectacular. Oh. It was That was the last time you posted anything. We are very proud and happy for you, AJ. Hey, Welcome to the game. This is awesome. Good to have you. Uh, joining us right now, uh, the voice of Friday Night Smackdown, the voice of WWE for like the last 25 years or whatever, uh, to answer all of our questions on whether or not I got the show canceled or run off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Cole. Yeah! Yeah! You, look, you look so cool. You look so, so cool. So I'm driving to the Yingling Center, but you guys are talking about Miller Lite. Are you guys giving away beer? What's the deal? Well, listen, Cole, I do know the Coltrane potentially does have a Miller Lite <laughs> option every once in a while. AJ is one of the new faces of Miller Lite, Michael Cole. Yeah! AJ. Yeah, this is AJ. This is AJ Hawk, by the way. You used to play for the Packers. I know you're a big sports fan. Uh, I know you know. Pat, who... I watch the show. Okay, all right. All right, all right good news. Uh, speaking of watching the show, did you get to watch uh, SmackDown back, or did anybody of importance watch that show and say that we were fired, I was fired, I ruined the WWE, anything like that? How are we feeling going into tonight? So I, in 24 and a half years, I've never watched the show back respect Whoa. i love that i love that don't want to know hey is it good yeah um, it was good harry and anyway however though i've got a real good feedback 
uh, on you, Pat. I don't want the ego to blow up because it's already hard to get your head into the building as it is. Um, but uh, everybody thought that you did a, a stellar job uh, in your first day. Uh, the Chiefs here today, so you'll that, this will be an interesting Friday. Um, Vince McMahon. Yes, the boss will be here. Oh my God, I gotta get. I gotta work on this. This is what I'm thinking, Michael Cole. This is what I'm thinking. Ready? Hey, sir, thank you for everything. That's what I'm thinking. Is that the, he's, he's a firm handshake guy. I've done my research on these documentaries. I know that I got to go in hard for that thing. I've been preparing for this for a couple years now at this point. Just make sure that you uh, use a uh, hand sanitizer before you shake his hand, please. Well, I, yeah, by the way, I'm not going to be the reason, okay? <laughs> I am not going to be the reason. I cannot, I cannot be the reason why this whole thing happens. But um, you know a lot more than I do. Tonight's show is going to be awesome, I assume? Yeah, it's going to be good. We, you know, again, everyone's here tonight. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of fallout from last week, the big situation when uh, Cesaro thought he might get a title opportunity and he had a match with Jey Uso. And then, of course, Seth Rollins got involved. So there's a lot of fallout Seth um, all over the place tonight. And, Pat, listen, the world was buzzing. You were trending last week over your performance on SmackDown. So I'm interested to see how you're going to do tonight uh, second week down. Um, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, you're an athlete. And I think this is a lot like sports and what we do. And the fact of the matter being you go out and hit a home run your first week. How do you follow it up on week two? How do you change some of the things that you may not have liked? And two how do we make sure that you hit a home run again this week? Two of them. Have you been thinking about that? Yeah, oh, all week. Don't you worry about that. I've been thinking about that, Michael Cole. Sorry, AJ. Go ahead. So, Michael, I know you, uh, you went to Syracuse. You have a great background. I'm just curious. Can you compare and contrast what it was like covering – David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, that whole situation in Waco. Thanks for watching. He doesn't Waco. watch the show, Cole. Thanks for watching I, you got the that show, question AJ. asked to you last uh, week sitting, from Ty. Uh, sitting with from what was the question? How did he finish it? Did he finish it like I did? No, we didn't hear you. By the way, we cut you off, so we did not hear <laughs> you. Yeah, we, we apologize. Go ahead. You can finish. Michael Cole, it's your floor. You go, man. These guys are idiots. You go. <laughs> Pat, I've been embedded in war zones around the world for uh, much of my career, and I'll tell you one thing. Last week was like being in a war zone out there with you. <laughs> it, it really was. Um, no, it was a lot of fun, man. Just bring your energy and, and that infectious attitude today, and I think everything is going to be uh, is going to be great. You know, one of the things that I know people in our company and also the fans said about you is your energy um, and how excited you were uh, about being there as part of the product. And uh, you came across as a fan, and I think that's because you are a fan. And I think if you can do that each and every week and approach this as being a WWE fan as tr uh, instead of trying to be a wrestling broadcaster, um, I think we're going to hit a home run every week. And I, I said this last week. I said it in the little documentary that you guys did that Foxy put together, which I thought was awesome. Sure, I got more uh, airtime in that than I actually do on my own show. Um, <laughs> but um, I think uh, if you do that, we have a chance to be really, really special, uh, a special team. Uh, that can rank among some of the best here in WWE uh, history. Oh, let's go and get it, Michael Cole. I appreciate that. AJ Hawk did ask about, you know, the comparisons between me and covering Koresh. I'm happy you chose not to answer that question because there's obviously women and children in here, brother. I didn't even know about that, by the way, till the, uh, was it Netflix or yeah, yeah. the Netflix document? I had no idea that happened in our history. I felt like an absolute stooge knowing that that happened. You, were you out there? Were you actually like out in the middle of nowhere watching that thing happen when you were covering that down there? 
Yeah, and AJ, I apologize. I didn't ask your question. I was dealing with one of the security guards here at the building, so I apologize. I didn't hear it. Well, and we spoke on, was, you believe yeah. me, we spoke on top of it as well, so you would have never heard this question. <laughs> so that was our fault. Anyway, uh, I, I was there all uh, all 52 days of Waco. I mean, from the day it started yeah. at the end of February and until the day it ended. I lived in an RV and camped in a cornfield and uh, covered it from day one. Was that, that, was that was that the most insane thing you've ever seen or a situation you've ever seen? Well, it was one of them. I mean, it was certainly one of the strangest. I was in Bosnia for three tours during their civil war in the early 90s. So that was uh, that was different as well. I covered three presidential campaigns, uh, covered the Oklahoma City bombing. Um, Waco, though, was certainly the most bizarre. Um, and I remember uh, calling my dad on Easter Sunday and he said, what are you doing, son? And I said, hey, life's good. I've got a six pack of beer. I have an RV. I'm in a cornfield and I've got Christ uh, uh, a mile away from me. Um, because that, that's because Koresh referred to himself as, as, the, as the good Lord and Savior. And everybody made a joke about it because obviously he was nuts. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was it was a strange time indeed. Uh, and then I went from there to become part of the WWE, which a uh, very strange career move, according to some. And in many ways, it's like a war zone sometimes out there on Friday nights. <laughs> Let's talk about, um, by the way, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, that is absolutely awesome. The Hey, great question, by the way, AJ, with Koresh. Great yeah. question yeah. there, AJ. We, we It got shit on down here at the house, <laughs> but that was a great question. Um, when I, when, what, Vince McMahon, what does he know of me? Because I assume there is a good chance he has a lot of things in his life uh, that, you know, he, he runs a uh, global uh, multi-billion dollar publicly traded company. He is one of the greatest American businessmen of all time. Will never get talked about because his character on TV is that of a raging, hilarious <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Now, with that being said, does he know I exist? And how much does he know of me, do you think? He has no idea who you are. Yeah, that's good. All right, yeah. So I got a chance of first impression here. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, let's have a little bit of a let's have a good idea here. A little bit of a good first impression here. I got a good opportunity. No, honestly, Pat, and, and again, I like to joke around with you, but uh, Vince is very well aware of who you are. I mean, one of the reasons that you're a part of this company now, and, and we've spoken about this, is because of you know the success of your show, the success of you uh, as an individual, and also you know you hit the demographic that we're trying to. Yeah. Uh, to, to sell every uh, Friday night on SmackDown, you know, the young adults, you know, you're you constantly trend uh, worldwide on Twitter. Social media has become such a uh, such an important part of our product. Um, I think that you're going to keep this product young. You're going to keep it fresh. You know, our target audience. Um, and Vince is very well aware of all that stuff. And I actually had a conversation with him last weekend um, after you and I, of course, did the show. And the one thing that he really, really liked and enjoyed with what you did and that was be a fan you know jumping out of your chair uh obviously none of that was rehearsed none of that was yeah. uh that was all spur of the moment and he loved that and he likes that and he wants you to to keep that as part of what you do you need to be a fan in order for this to work um you're not from the wrestling industry we don't want you to be from the wrestling industry we want you to just be pat mcafee and if you can do that hey All's good for the brand. AJ, I'm sure you have another question. I appreciate the for the brand drop there. What is a misperception you think about Vince McMahon? Because there's not much that's really known about him. Now, I, granted, his character, 
You know what his business does. You've seen whenever he's had to either talk in, in, in massively negative situations because he's the head of a company, so he has to speak. But what is a misperception you think about Vince McMahon that will only be talked about after he dies? And they'll be like, here's a guy in there like telling us. What is something you think that is kind of like misunderstood maybe publicly by one of the most impressive businessmen in the history of our world? Oh, no. Coltrane. Oh, no. Oh, no. The train just yeah. ran. Did you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you fine. What is a misperception of Vince you think that people might have? Are you talking to me or AJ? You, 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 you. He doesn't know Vince McMahon. He's just a Miller Lite stooge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he can hear you, uh, honestly. Listen, uh, Vince is a genius. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he built this small company into a uh, global multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Uh, he creatively, uh, he's one of the most creative minds that I've ever known. Um, I think the biggest misconception of Vince is that he doesn't give a shit. I I really do. Uh, Vince cares, uh, about his product. He cares about the people that work for him. Uh, and he wants his product to be the best in the world. And you either perform or you don't. Uh, we all understand that coming into this, it's a high pressure situation. Uh, you went through it last week, Pat. We've got multi-billion dollar television contracts. We've got to put on the best show we can every week, 52 weeks a year. There's no off season. Vince demands the best of his people. And if you're loyal to him, he's going to be loyal to you and he's going to treat you well. And that's pretty much the bottom line. Um, that's awesome. You know, he's done so much for my career. Um, uh, I'm in debt to him. Hey, so, Michael, you, you mentioned Pat's like uh, him. People, they relate. They love it because he's a fan. His energy is youthful. I know. People relate to Tony Romo as well in the booth. Tony's a fan, and he's all energetic. So people, I think, kind of see similarities there. But with Pat being so young and he thinks he's in shape all the time, he's always on these new diets. I know you've been in the ring. Are you guys – is there a chance sometime down the road you guys step on in the ring and, you know, you know put the uh, put the mics down and wrestle together? Well, first off, uh, I'm going to be a tag team partner of Pat. Yeah. To try to get in there and mix it up with him. Um, Pat, him you'd have to wear a singlet. However, like the old Cole singlet from WrestleMania, yes. so you'd have to you'd have to drink a little bit of beer because you'd need to get that beer gut to fit that singlet right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. other than that, I think it would be great. I think it would be actually good TV and uh, be good comedy for Pat and I to actually team up together and uh, take on someone else in the ring one day. See, that's going to happen now because he said it. Yeah, here we go. So, hey, yeah. hey, Cole, I don't know, dude. I was in a neck brace for like 48 <laughs> hours the last time I was in there. I don't, uh, AJ, thanks for potentially uh, throwing me right into that. Uh, Connor, do you have a question about the coal miners? Uh, you know what? I actually do, Pat. Mike, uh, how do you think we can expand these coal miners? Because obviously from the bottom there, you're the leader of them. So, you know, what, do we, what can they expect out of you going forward? Hey, just get the word out. Uh, Tell them uh, that I'm a friend of, of the show, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, Michael Cole, uh, I believe throughout my whole career, has got a bad rap. Uh, back in the uh, around 2010, 2011, when I was a, playing a bad guy, a heel, uh, I used to have this uh, plexiglass uh, square box that surrounded my announce desk. And we called that the coal mine. Um, and obviously it would be good to use today during the pandemic, but I was way far ahead of my time. Of course, <laughs> of course. Cause you crash in Bosnia and everything mm-hmm. you right. knew. Yeah. And a lot of the fans of mine at that point in time started calling themselves coal miners on Twitter. Um, the fact that I really don't have much of a character anymore, that I'm not really playing a character anymore on television, the coal miners have sort of fallen off the face of the earth. So I'm trying to rally <laughs> them back. So they might 
perhaps be on my side one day, and I think that perhaps you and the show could do that for me. Hey, we're big coal miners yeah, over here. Huge. Hey, we got a we got a pick coming in for uh, an axe pick That's for right. uh, uh-huh. next year or next week to have the big coal mining section over here. We oh, we awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're hey, we got merch coming about, about how we're big. Oh my yeah. god, look at this! Look at your dumbass! Go <laughs> look at this! <laughs> there, it there it is! I told you the coal mine. There it is. That was my match with Jerry Lawler where uh, during WrestleMania, where he shook my hand and banged my head off the plexiglass about fifteen different times. Oh, like, man. Well, happy you're able to keep your quick wit and no CTE like potential. You know, <laughs> WWE or coal miners on. Um, of course, Pat, one of these days you have to have the official drink of the coal train since you are um, part of the group now. Miller Lite? Um, that's a pint of beer with a shot of Jack in it, and then you drink it. Oh, so it's like a car bomb, but just terrible tasting. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Can't wait. Can't wait to get on the coal train. Uh, proud to be a coal miner. I'll see you in a couple hours. You're the best, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Cole. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He does get a bad rap. You know why? Because... Not only because he was playing a guy who was supposed to have a bad rap, but also uh, he has always been there for WWE. So through the eras, he's still talking. Yep. Voice of WWE. It's just like, it's not, it's just, you know, whenever somebody is constantly there, I think people kind of get sick of it or whatever. Kind of like Joe Buck. He is so, no, no. Why would you? I mean, hey, I love Michael Cole, but it's a similar situation. Buck's been there for so long. When you're calling every big moment, there's a chance that some people will turn. And Michael Cole and Joe Buck do not deserve that. AJ, I'm sorry we stepped on your incredibly good question. You know what I mean? That's probably why we don't get the sports Emmys and shit like that. I did not know he was with Koresh out there. No, I think it was great. What was the question Ty asked him? Same thing. Basically the exact, the exact same, same thing. He did expand on it, though. So Yeah, we got a follow-up. You had a good yeah. follow-up, which yeah. you did on purpose, right? You didn't hear part two of my question. I never even finished it. But no. it's all right. He was great. He handled it like a pro. How did this Miller Lite thing happen? So <laughs> yeah. what person at Miller Lite was like, you know what? We need to do an Instagram post with a guy who doesn't all use Instagram. Yeah, well, I just I, assumed it was last week you know, or when he was at Augusta. They saw him drink a 1,000 Miller Lights. Uh-huh. They're like, okay, well, why not? <laughs> they didn't see him, though, because he was masked up the whole time. I, I, I just love that this has happened. I enjoy this. When did you take this, yesterday? No, I took that picture a few days ago. Who took it, wife? Uh, 10-year-old daughter. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, AJ. Hey, listen, this is why you need to be in the game. You need to be in well, social let me, media. Let me tell you, I was a little bit surprised when I, when they first reached out and they said it was something like, oh, you just, you know, it'll be on Instagram or whatever. And I said, have you guys looked at my Instagram? <laughs> they and they're like, the person told me, well, yeah, I assume they have. I'm like, I don't know if they have. You <laughs> might want to get back to them. And, so, and they still wanted to do it. So I said, all right, let's do it, man. What was that two weeks ago? He was like, uh, I'm going to start getting back on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. He used the IG story. Yep. Remember, he used the IG story. That was the first time he used it in a year. Yeah. yeah. And Miller Lite saw that, and they're like, he's back. He still got it. <laughs> it was a repost, it. too. It was. it was just a repost of your story. Yeah, it was in his, it was in his messages, yeah. yep. and he just like had to re- press one button. <laughs> yeah, he had to press it I like doing that. I, if you put something good out, let me do it. That's how I can put it in my story. So do the thing that says add in your story. Oh, so we got to at you. So you have to let – yeah. Shout out, man. We are pumped for you, but – there's a lot of questions logistically on the back end on how it happened. We are not 100% sure. Let's talk about a photo that came out of you uh, last night via Aaron Rodgers' social media. Speaking of Instagram, I'm not sure this was maybe your best look, but for us, it was the crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. You might have had 
7,000 cigars in a bag. It, it looked like that was just for one event. Was that heading to the actual derby that day, or was this Friday? Was this uh, uh, Thursday night? When was this? How was this? And that was for one day or for the full weekend there? That Well, each bag that I would take would be for each day. So I have a bag for Friday and a bag for Saturday. I don't know if that was Friday or Saturday, but I'm that, like that's my, that's – that's the value I bring is cigars for the group. And, oh, uh, cigar guy. this is like the edibles thing going to uh, London where yeah. I was like, hey, here we go. I got everybody. But then everybody was like, nah, we actually brought our own because it was such a long trip. I'm like, oh. man, I wish we would have been on a group chat. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff here. But Norm, yeah, I understand you're the OK. So you're the cigar bringer. Hey, who? AJ, you got one of them cigars. Yeah. So you only get to smoke, what, 50 a day or so? Yeah. Oh. No, I mean. The Derby is very conducive to smoking cigars all day long. So, yeah, it, it does happen. Derby's coming up? Yeah, next week. Wow. Ooh. Thought this year was the year that maybe me and Ty get invited. Thought it was the chance, but. If you guys stayed up in the photo there, you guys, oh. you're basically there. Oh, my oh, God. Shit. You're right. That's a good idea. We'll do that during the break. <laughs> we'll do that during the break. We'll take a photo as, as if we're there. We'll put on our suits and everything. I don't know if we have enough. I actually thought I forgot mine. But enjoy the hell out of that. The photos that were shared from Mr. Aaron Rodgers were unbelievable. Yeah. What a hysterical trip to Louisville you guys take. Can't wait to hear about it on the other side. We talked to T.Y. Hilton earlier today, AJ. I'm not sure if you heard it or not. He was talking about, you know, being considered an undersized wide receiver in the NFL, talking about Devontae and Tutu. And basically he said, you just got to use your strengths. Um, and uh, what's that? Why'd you giggle there? How'd you say it? Well, listen, around these streets around here, listen, you say strengths, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay? And I'm going I'm to I'm shoot to you straight. All right, this is just how this is how it goes. But he said you need to, you know, they'll play you to your strengths. You'll understand whenever you watch film what people don't like and what they don't like. And if you have a lot of heart and you study film a lot, this isn't a big deal at all. You know, because Devontae came in small. Yeah. He didn't want to weigh in at the pro day or whatever. He, he weighed in at Indy, came in small in a lot of standards. And Tutu, who got invited to the combine out of Louisville, who is from South Florida, so I'd assume he is also going to be very good in the NFL. He was like 149 pounds or something like that sounds small and ty's like they'll put weight on him but also it's a new league basically do you agree with that sentiment yeah i mean ty has a point and he's right you will like naturally mature into your body and gain some weight and gain some muscle but yeah it is it's a different game like you can hear all the old school guys talk about especially linebackers oh man you know nobody's coming across the middle if i'm there like they legit wouldn't let people run crossing routes and they could get away with just knocking their head off every time and scaring them to death now receivers slot receivers whoever they are they don't have that fear you can't you can't accost them like you used to be able to were you one of those guys you were in that era was that like a big no. idea was that a big thing you come across, me. hey you come across the middle you're meeting a j hawk is that was your thought was that was that the type of thing at the beginning of your career that was a real thing though i do remember that being talked about on a regular basis yeah it was getting phased out though by the time i was in the league you weren't really allowed to just take shots at guys running free through the middle but Whenever I heard that, I'm like, man, it must be yeah. must be awesome coverage where you just get to hang out and pick dudes off crossing the middle. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, you can't come across the middle unless I am chasing the back out of the backfield. If I'm running the tight end vertical, or I'm just not there. Like, yeah, then you can gladly run across the middle. Think about how many wide receivers were absolutely killed by their quarterback or play oh, design, man. play design back in the day. If you don't. If you don't get the linebacker out of there with a running back on a wheel or something like that, just sitting there waiting for somebody, and it's just what you guys are playing like whack-a-mole almost. Is that that what it used to be like at the linebacker position? Now, you know, it's gotten soft. Yeah, You can't just take people's heads off anymore. That's how the old school people think about it. But 
but it has opened up more points. It's good for fantasy, keeps people healthy. It's what people want to see. But defensive players have said for a long time, it seems like there's a war against defense. Now we'll see if, you know, 10 years into this, really, I think, like 10 years into this new style of football, if that generation that has grown, uh, grown up with it is just used to it now and how will the defense adjust and change and everything like that. But if a guy who's 149 pounds can make it in the NFL and not at kicker, Anybody can. It's even harder kicker to be 149 pounds because you don't got enough ass to move the ball. Like, I don't even know if you could even be – Hot Rod is probably yeah. – he's maybe the most thin kicker yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I'd assume he's more than 150 pounds. I, you know, I just would have to. Ty, what do you weigh? Uh, I weigh, well, right now about 185. 149 pounds is so small. And T.Y.'s like, nah, he'll be all right, man. It'll probably be 150-something. It's like, that guy will run circles around me if I was on the field. He would run circles, I assume, around a lot of defense. And if that's going to be the wave of the future, good for the sport of football because more people are going to be able to get involved with it. Do you think uh, with a guy like Atwell, like obviously you're going to gain weight as you mature and everything, but at what point does like he gain the amount of weight where like he's not the same player that they got yeah, like because you're getting that speed right there exactly and i think ty was saying that you got to be comfortable with your weight there's some other things going on um the dallas cowboys have been releasing their pre-draft interviews with prospects and cutting them into clips and i wonder if they tell the prospects that whenever they go into the conversation, like, hey, by the way, this private conversation that you think you're potentially having for a job interview, we are definitely going to take advantage of it and cut it up, put some highlights on it, and put it out as social videos. But nonetheless, Kyle Pitts and J.C. Horn, I believe. No, Kyle Pitts and J.C. Horn. Yeah, yeah. J.C. Horn said that he was the best corner in the draft. Yep. Actually took a shot at some other corner that's in uh, Sertain, yeah, I yep. believe. Mm -hmm. He took a shot at him in the interview, which, by the way, he thinks he's potentially in a job interview talking about him maybe being the first corner overall drafted. I'm not sure that he wouldn't say that publicly. I don't know Horn well enough, but he, they just let that out. They're just like, yeah, here's a video, by the way, this guy in a private conversation. just." Went. So I don't know if they let them know or if they don't. It's riveting content. It's good for the internet. But I feel like J.C. Horn could have potentially been set up here because he talks shit uh, kind of on somebody else, and maybe a beef will be created out of nowhere, and they didn't know. Or maybe this is just a new world. Is this just a, the new world that every time you speak in one of these Zooms or in anything, even if it's with a church, that that could potentially be ripped and yeah. uh, put out publicly, much like Ben Roethlisberger right. had to learn as oh. well, AJ. Well, don't you? I, I think you have to assume anytime you're speaking into a camera, wherever it is, you're being recorded. I mean, it's probably best to just assume somebody's always recording you. Yeah, but, that's, that's how I live. But in, in, in like the world that is now with these interviews, these virtual interviews for these prospects yeah. instead of in person, do you think they knew that those were going to be cut into videos? I don't know. I think it's kind of a. Listen, do they have to get a sign? Do you need to get them to sign a release? Like you know, if you're filming some gag show, you got to get them to sign a release after you play the prank on. Yeah, but I wonder if it's like a call rule. Like if if you call them, or oh. if they call you. Like yeah. there's that that phone rule where it's like depending in some states, depending upon who calls who on whether or not you can be recorded and all that. They shit. had to tell them. I bet they had to tell their agents like, hey. Just to let you know, we're going we're gonna to make them look good, but we're, we might put some of these clips out on social media. Hey, we might put them right in the middle of a beef. I, yeah. I, I know, like, publicly, there's already this conversation happening about Sertain the second. I yeah, yep. Patrick Sertain the second, and then J.C. Horn are the top two corners, I guess. And J.C. Horn was basically asked to say whether or not you think you're the best corner or not, which he has to say he is yes. the best, which he should, by the way, especially a corner. That's a position you have to say that. Then they, I think they even specifically ask him about Sertain, like, almost like... Uh, it's almost like WWE, like, hey, 
All right. Now, what are your thoughts on the other corner that we're going to take? <laughs> yeah. And he, like, just gives, like, an answer. Like, yeah, I think, you know, maybe film will say he takes a couple plays off or whatever, which is what he said. And I go every single play and everything like that. It's like, Sertain might hear that and be like, hey, pretty fucked up, man. We kind of know each other. <laughs> yeah, we're along. friends. And then that just goes publicly. This is just like when Devontae was asked, Mac Jones or Tua, and then that was leaked immediately yep. in spread public it's like are any of these things sacred because you're trying to get the raw person and they're trying to probably trying to give as good of an interview as possible without every single word being a canned answer and then all of a sudden it's kind of being taken advantage of i, I don't know if i love it aj I, I, don't, I don't i don't know if i love it at all actually i don't love it and i think if you're going to continue to do this and if other teams continue to do this you're going to get horrible answers in these interviews with players because players will absolutely shut down. I know I would. I, I would give you the straight cliche garbage if I knew you were going to cut this up and it could possibly make me look bad before the draft. Yeah, and I, like I don't think it makes J.C. Horn look bad, but it potentially puts him into a position with Sertain, who I assume has been put in the same exact position in his interviews. But it's just like, did they? Kyle Pitts, they cut Kyle Pitts. He great conversation yeah yeah it, it felt like he is that guy by the way with his answers his thoughts what he needs to work on blocking i need to do a little better here now if i was him in that interview i would have said oh, by the way i'm a wide receiver i'm not a tight end if you draft me uh, i'm gonna be a wide receiver not a tight end but he said i gotta get better at blocking and everything it was a re- they were very good pieces of content i, I cannot yeah. i cannot lie they were very good but my immediate thought was like did these dudes know that this was that this was going to be put out somewhere and would they have would this have affected any answers that they were getting well isn't it weird too that I'm, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys are the only team that are doing this, right? Uh-huh. Like these guys have had multiple of these interviews with other teams and they haven't had to worry about this. And then you have your Cowboys interview and it's like, oh shit, it's trending now on Twitter the next day. And Jerry's like, listen, there is a dollar to be had in <laughs> yeah. these prospect interviews. I've been saying it this whole time. Now that we're actually doing it virtually, we can easily record this. <laughs> I've been trying to get a camera in these rooms for a long time. Listen, now go ahead and put that out on uh, the, 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 the Twitter. Go ahead and t- yeah. Tweet this out. Put a little highlight on there. Okay, put it on the Instagram too. AJ Hawk, who will go right after AJ Hawk. Another <laughs> light thing. Let's go ahead and mix that up. But it, it's, 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 it's very smart, very good content. Yeah. Very, it was very... I enjoyed watching it. It's trending. It did everything it's supposed to do. Like, that is what it... It's positive reaction, I think. But I just... I immediately think to myself, if I was in that position, what the hell would I have said? Who would I have? Because I like Thomas Morstead a lot. Big fan of Thomas Morstead. But if I was asked about him, hey, guy can't fucking run. I mean, what? Can't that's can't, I can't get <laughs> it. I mean, what are we even, you know, and then they're like, uh, boom, pow. And then all of a sudden Thomas is like, I thought we were friends or whatever. It's like, Thomas, I'm trying to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, you know, I'm trying, you know, it's just a very, which by the way, both things not true. Thomas can now run and he can catch. Uh, he's always been able to run. Now he can catch very well freak athlete going to have a job somewhere but if i was asked and he was in my draft class you're going to have to try to put yourself over i guess and i guess if you want to be if you want a competitive person at corner which i would assume you would they're probably going to talk a little bit of shit about the person but if you want like the oh he's a hard worker i think he's going to be good like do you even want that person so is there any winning in that situation of jc that's my first thoughts there now i assume he knew it was going to go out maybe i'm not 100 sure but that's that, I, I can't help but think about that. His biggest win, J.C. Horn, was Pitts saying that, hey, the best guy that's guarded me all year was J.C. Horn, if there was anybody, you know, at the top of his list. Yeah, he said every single play. Basically, yeah. kind of echoed what yeah. J.C. Horn actually said was every single play, we were talking trash to each other, we were going hard. Every, J.C. Horn won in this entire thing, mm-hmm. but he might have lost a friend in, certain, <laughs> yeah. in the process, which, by the way, hey, there's going to be bumps in the road from what I've been told on the way up, but that was just you know great piece of content but i have to think about that first um 
The NFL draft, our commissioner is allowed to dap people up. You saw that. That's awesome news for everybody, including our commissioner, who gets a chance to display the fact that he is eligible for an AARP card and can handle a 290-pound, 21-year-old defensive tackle jumping basically on top of his head in dress shoes that could be slick and deliver a jersey to him in perfect fashion. Can't wait to see this moment. 50,000 people going to be in Cleveland. Is Ohio open? You're in Ohio. I did not know that this was potentially going to be a thing over there. That's a lot of people in one area. Did we beat COVID in Ohio? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not like it's definitely not wide open by any means. Everyone's wearing masks. You can eat inside now. I mean, you have for a while, but uh, I don't know what it's like compared to other places. But where is this all? This is all going to be outside, though, right? Yeah, we have we have a, a very blurry kind. Of, no, it's not that bad, I guess. So this is it's right next to the stadium, right there on the lake. It'll have a beautiful drone shot. I mean, this will be beautiful. And by the way, everybody knows. Cleveland rocks. rocks. Cleveland, Cleveland rocks. I think Drew Carey's band will be playing. Yep. So I'm pretty sure that there'll be some music there. There'll be some good drone shots. It feels Who's like taking it's taking the pictures. It's a massive. These pictures? No, I mean Drew. Drew's a, a legit photographer. You know that. He's gonna be. He's gonna be moving and shaking all over the place. Didn't he sing that song though? Cleveland rocks. That was the theme. The theme song of his show. Yeah, and I think he wrote it and performed. Did he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea. Really? He yeah, might he have. I, he know, might I have know. no clue. But maybe maybe Baker's on the drums. I'm not. A, you know, because yeah. he dies, yeah. do the thing. Who knows? But there'll be music. It'll be a hell of a show. Fifty thousand people will be down there in Cleveland. Feels like we beat COVID. I'm, I can't wait for the draft spectacular, AJ. I, I think it's going to be amazing. How, how long do we think this first round may be? Yeah, so that's what we were thinking. I know you have to travel. You know, you got big things going on. You might have to dip out early, huh? Because this is a good we, – good. we found this out last year. This is a four- to five-hour affair. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We did not know we were signing up for that, by the way. Uh, NFL fan my entire life. Maybe I didn't pay attention to how long the first round is, and maybe it has changed here over the last couple of years. When we signed up to do that draft spectacular, and obviously we enjoyed the hell out of it, and it was a magical moment, that thing was 17 hours long. We, we were sitting there dying on camera, and people were just like, yeah. hey, only got 14 more picks. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was so, so long. So I have no idea. We assume that a lot of decisions have been made, but then on the exact – Opposite side of things, nothing might be decided yet, so maybe there will be more time taken off the clock, A.J. Hawk. I think the second half of the first round could be awesome. It could get kind of crazy if one or two of these quarterbacks fall a little bit to see who's going to jump up and try to take some play. I want to see which one of these like top ten supposed players falls and who's going to jump up and try to move around and, and take someone. Did you see the Aaron Rodgers clip? That was today, I guess, in the in – on this day in history, Aaron Rodgers falls to the Green Bay Packers to 24 or whatever in the uh, in the green room. He's so young, by the way. Yeah. They're releasing his video. Such a handsome guy, obviously oh, young hair. guy. But if they knew then what was going to happen, I believe it would be a very different tone. But just like the same night where he goes in in Dallas and Chris Collinsworth like, this kid stinks. <laughs> I mean, this kid is absolutely terrible. And Chris Collinsworth has come out and said, like, hey, that's on me. And obviously since then everything has changed. But in the moment – Let's say, let's say, and it doesn't sound like this is going to happen, especially with all the news that is coming out about Mac Jones. Let's say Mac Jones just starts to free fall, though. Let's just say he starts to free fall. I think he's going to the draft. So we have a list of people that are going to be there. We potentially have that moment again. I have no idea how any of these guys choose to go to the draft, knowing that you could become Aaron Rodgers, Brady Quinn, Johnny Manziel, uh, a lot of people that have had this thing happen. Mac Jones is going, so he must feel very good yeah. about where he's going. Trey Lance is going, which is interesting because that seems like a massive question mark. And those top two there, 
are allegedly in the running for the 49ers job. Zach Wilson will also be there. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Waddle, Pitts, Rayshon Slater, offensive lineman from Northwestern, Christian Barmore, D-lineman from Alabama, edge rusher Gregory Russo from Miami, Micah Parsons from Penn State, okay, uh, corner Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, and Patrick Sertain, the second's going. So Justin Fields, not going. Trevor Lawrence said he'll be in Clemson to do it. I like that Justin Fields said no, especially with how this entire draft process has been for Justin Fields thus far. He has to – don't you think he has to feel – I don't know what he feels towards the media. And Bitter. Like his whole situation on how it's – It's if anyone's going to have a chip on their shoulder, it's going to be this guy wherever he goes. I'd be bitter as hell if I was Justin Fields, by the way. I'd be very bitter yeah. with how, how public yeah. this has gone because, by the way, all these people speaking publicly are hearing from NFL teams. So if you're Justin Fields, you got to be thinking for a lot of – fuck a lot of teams too for whatever's being said about it. And it could all be lies. All yeah. of it could be a complete lie. Yeah. We have no idea. Yeah. And that's the beauty – of the draft we will continue to speculate for the next four days of on-air stuff monday through thursday about what's going to happen on thursday night but nobody will know for certain until our commissioner takes the stage in cleveland in front of fifty thousand people uh april 29th we'll begin 7 30 eastern standard time youtube.com forward slash the pat mcafee show the draft spectacular will have big 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 guests aj hawk who? Can you give me any hints? No, nah, there will be surprises. Uh, Dan Orlovsky's already in his fucking feelings. Yeah. Right? Oh, Danny. I got a text oh. from Orlovsky. said, if I'm not fudging invited, don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> Did he say fudging? Yeah, in the text. I'll, I'll screenshot it because it was the first time I've ever seen if you don't fudge and invite. Like, I've never seen fudging used. In, I've seen what the fudge. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've even seen fudge you. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen nope. or heard that one. Actually, just fully replacing fudge in for the adult word yep. is either incredibly awesome or the worst thing of all time. So I, I'm kind of t- uh, kind of torn on it right now, to be honest with you. I was yeah. going to give an answer there, but I, I think it's actually great restraint. And I know he has like 45 kids. I FaceTimed him, too, after he, you know, he followed up with the uh, fudge and invite. He looks unbelievable right now. Oh, really? He is a model right now. He, he is. He is very thin. He's like on his Peloton, I think he's oh, working yeah. out. Dan Orlovsky might be joining us Thursday night. Okay. okay uh, we got to decide. Well, maybe, I thought he'll be on some like draft coverage. I figured ESPN will be using him. I did hear he is going to be in Cleveland. Oh, okay. so maybe we should. That helps him. I don't know. Still, you know, I'm a little wishy-washy on the band thing still. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had Ariel on, had Dan on. Mm-hmm. But then immediately, how was, how was uh? When did you have Ariel on? Uh, two Fridays ago, I think. He missed you. Sounds about right. You weren't on. I know. I was gonna say I didn't realize he came back. Big week for him. Big big weekend for him. Are you Sold happy that he came back or not happy? Yeah, I'm. I'm a fan of Ariel. You know that. He thinks I'm not. He always uses wrestling terms and say says like, "Oh, you don't put me over or whatever." I'm like, "No, I'm good, Ariel. You're." You can take shots at me all you want. I don't need to, to take shots at you too much. Well, especially now that you're a Miller Lite guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, of course. Come on. Join the team, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on over. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. 
Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel. Obviously, you know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Happy birthday, John Cena. Happy birthday, John. Thank you, John. (laughs) It's very hard to get recognized on this show, but John Cena's birthday has been something that has captivated us all. Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez, will join us in about 10 minutes or so. We will talk to him about what he talked about with Zach Wilson about being a Jet. Joining us still, ladies and gentlemen, AJ. Hi, boy, AJ. Welcome back, AJ. Uh, There was something that I wanted us to talk about before Mark Sanchez joins us. And that is the fact that I know the NFL has seen a lot of different, you know, styles of humans play in the NFL. Okay, there's been there's been uh, fat people. There's been super skinny people. Uh, there's been very fast people. There's been very slow people. There's people that can throw balls far. There's people that can't throw at all. There's people that can catch balls. There's people that can't catch at all. The sport is so widely accepted to any type of human to be able to play it. So much so that an actual blind quarterback led the NFL in passing just two years ago. Jameis Winston, pre-LASIK for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led the NFL in passing. Now, he also threw the most amount of interceptions, but he couldn't see a damn thing. And he was able to be that proficient, that damn good. He took a trip back to the pre-LASIK times just yesterday on the internet. Eyes closed, full court away. Nothing but fucking net for Jameis Winston, the quarterback that's outworking every other quarterback at the position. You can press play on that thing because we are, I don't know how long I can say it, but we're talking eyes closed, hand out, perfect form, missed it on the LED, it did go in. Okay. Incredible operation there by the boys behind the scenes. Uh, Jameis Winston, though, the greatest blind quarterback to ever play in the NFL. Eyes open, making that shot, impressive. Probably three quarters of a court, probably the other NBA three if you were to shoot from an area. He said he had his eyes closed. He had an entire season or four with his eyes closed and led the NFL. This isn't as surprising as it should be. What a moment for Jameis Winston. I mean, yeah, truly, what a moment. How does this, but how do we take this skill to the field to where it shows like what he has some production because of this? Like, how do you think this will separate him from the rest of the pack? So now kids who potentially have poor vision know that their dream job of being a quarterback can come true. 
Jameis Winston was able to play quarterback at a very high level, throwing the ball to his team and the other team, keeping his team and the other team in every single game that they played there while throwing for the most yards in an NFL season without seeing anything. No. So this shot was something he was doing all the time pre-LASIK. I think Taysom Hill is in for quite a battle yeah, when it comes yeah. to training camp. Taysom Hill can train specifically on quarterback all he wants. Is he making plays with his eyes closed? Is he getting ready for the situation where a defense alignment has both hands over the helmet and it's probably a hands to the face, but they're kind of being kind about it, you know, because they know there's a penalty and you can have to throw a touchdown. Is there anything that Taysom Hill is doing to simulate that? No. This is why Jameis is outworking everybody, including Dak Prescott. I mean, I'd also well, be worried if I was Drew, you know? You think Drew's maybe thinking, like, this guy is going to just tear down my entire legacy. Look what, he, look what he's, he's doing. doing. No yeah, I, need, I might need to come out of retirement and give this thing one more run. Ooh. Yeah, because he won't have the abdominal issue that he had last year. Right. He couldn't really, you know, thrust or anything, turn anything, like he just said to uh, a charity golf tournament media person just the other day. AJ, Jameis is all the way back, Okay. Taysom Hill has no idea he's running into a buzzsaw named Jameis Winston when it comes to training camp uh, quarterback competition. But Jameis is all the way back. We got blindfolded, eyes closed, nothing but net football throws. I assume we're a day or two away from some bear crawls coming back out. Him dodging, you know, punching bags and things like that. I mean, this is... We're going now. Jameis is all the way back, AJ. Yeah, we are going. And Jameis, if he knows anything about you, he knows he will get plenty of play on this show <laughs> if he just continues to put out videos that are any, just any video, really, of him doing anything. is going to get a lot of play from you. You're going you're gonna to talk about how Taysom has no chance. Jameis is dialed in. But now I think, though, what we may see, maybe Drew has to go break another record out of his workout facility and film it to put it out. And then Taysom, oh. as well, is going to start doing – like trick shots and different training videos, AJ, and they're gonna have a little fun banter back and forth. AJ, you're a super fit nut, right? You love you love fitness. Sometimes, yeah. You like fitness? Yeah. Fitness Miller Lightner, mom. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, that's what you like, dude. No, but you like you you've hit, you've hit some of those sleds before that Drew was pushing all the way around town. Yeah, that was not easy at all. Maybe he's in his best shape he's ever been. What happens week two, week three? He's in that booth calling those Notre Dame games and maybe Sunday night football kind of kick Chris Collinsworth out of mm-hmm. there. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I think I think I I feel. I think I still I think I can go out there. And Jameis, you know, maybe maybe he does lose his vision again week three or yeah. four. Oh. Taysom is <laughs> like, hey, you're actually a tight end. What if Drew's not done? Man, maybe we should keep that door open. You never know until you never know. But in my eyes, with no eyes, Jameis is the best <laughs> quarterback I have ever seen in my entire life, bar none. Who's the quarterback guru that tells him we're going to work on throwing with no fucking eyes? I want to talk about yeah. that. I want to talk about that guy. He lined him up. He got him all lined up and everything. Like, yeah, I'd like to hear his coach explain to us how this is going to translate to the field. You know what I enjoy most, though, out of this whole thing? I, I, I truly do enjoy the most. What? What? That this is all bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I do. Let's get some phone calls, shall we? Uh, I think Sanchez will be joining us in like a minute or two. He's over there in California time. Him trying to do the math of what time <laughs> oh, it is, his time man. versus our time, was fantastic to watch live on the FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. 
He just got done with a workout, by the way. Sanchez might be coming back. Maybe, maybe Zach called him and said, hey, we want to be my backup over here. We'd love to have you. Need you. Uh, let's go to Jonah in Youngstown, strictly because I've never talked to a Jonah before. I've only read the name. What's going on, Jonah? Fat boys. How we doing on the Feel Good Friday? Hey, not too shabby. How are you, Jonah? Doing good, man. Hey, so this could be bullshit. Could not be. But I have a source that Aaron Rodgers is going to the Niners in the oh, near future. Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw that on the internet. I did see that on the internet the other day that the 49ers went all the way up to three so that they could potentially have something that's appetizing enough to potentially get Aaron Rodgers. Now, trading away future first-round draft picks to get up there, giving you no ammo to potentially trade those to get Aaron Rodgers, maybe, maybe a bad decision. But I saw this floating around the internet yesterday, AJ Hawk. Yeah, no chance. Not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm happy we, we both agree with that because you and I don't agree on much anymore, especially with your thoughts on Stooge Adam Cole. Oh, yeah, that guy's good. You, so I you, like that guy. We pointed out to you yesterday that you were a hypocrite with what you were saying, that the guy is yeah. a bad guy. He tried to kill Ty. Yeah. She made mm-hmm. rain eyes. You like Ty, we thought, and you love this guy. So you have not changed your thought at all on this dude? I have not, but you know what, Pat? I don't know where your audio is routed, but Sanchez is definitely on the line. I can hear him. I don't know if you can hear him or not. I think he's ready. Uh, well, listen, I would want to pivot away from you being a yeah. stooge as well and a sellout in this entire thing. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, the last successful quarterback for the New York Jets, a man that was an absolute stud at USC, handsome, mass singer, karaoke, and son of a bitch, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Sanchez. Yeah! Going on, wow. dude. How are you, dude? Mom, how'd you like that intro? Uh, she didn't love that last part. Oh, handsome's Oh, because she's I don't mean her. Uh, Listen, I don't mean her. I'm talking I thought I thought AJ was in the doghouse. You're in the no, doghouse. No, no, not good. Can't have that with your mom. Tell mom I apologize. Hey, I'm, I'm joking. S- she can't hear me. I got earpods. Oh, very nice. Well, tell your mother I said hello. Um now hello. now listen, that could also have been a rude thing there, too, depending upon how you took that. The um <laughs> Sanchez, uh, you and your kid are awesome to watch on the internet, man. I, I absolutely Appreciate love it. it. So before we get to anything, I want to tell you, you, you're up for dad of the year, I do believe, at this particular time. Nah, there's some stiff competition out there, so uh, I'm doing my best, but we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Hey, he's going to be a freak athlete, huh? Looks like. I hope so. I'd love to see him play some ball, but you know what he loves? He loves music. Um, he loves drums. He loves guitar. He loves piano, so... That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And also, he doesn't have to potentially just get absolutely killed if yeah. he's playing uh, the sport of football, which Dad had to do a few times. Um, Mark, it has come out now publicly. We have found out, because you would have never told us, it, it did sound like in the FaceTime when we were talking to you, that Zach Wilson reached out to you and a couple of other former Jets quarterbacks about what it's like to be a Jet. How did that conversation go? Had you had any previous knowledge of him in these quarterback groups that you guys all hang out in? And what were your what was your impression of Zach Wilson via that call? Uh, sure. So the the I did good investigative reporting, I guess. Um, the internet. Told but me. he uh, he trains at three D Q B with John Beck. Uh, I know a lot of guys that have gone through there. I've worked out there from time to time, and um, so that's you know right up the street. Through John Beck, we were trying to get this interview done to um, to basically sit down and break up some uh, break down some tape, like I did with Mac Jones, Steve Sarkeesian, and then Justin Fields and Ryan Day. Let's go. And I was going to pair Zach Wilson with Steve Young, and so we were going over all that kind of stuff, the logistics of how to get that done. And in that process, we started talking about New York, 
which uh, we naturally have a connection, of course, if he's going to be drafted there, which all signs point to that happening. So um, I think one of the most important things that, that I told him is when you give somebody advice, like when I was preparing to leave USC or stay at USC, the best, you know, you get a lot of people saying like, stay or go. That kind of advice kind of sucks, right? Like those kind of people, not that they mean poorly, but it just, you know, it's, it's kind of an easy way to do it. I think the best way to give advice is to explain your situation, your experience, and then, you know, weigh your options. But ultimately, you got to let that person be the, their own person and make their own decision. And Peyton Manning was a huge influence on me when I was thinking about leaving and staying. And he was more in the camp of staying. Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart, I reached out to all those guys. And was like, all right, what's the deal? What should I do? And that's where I kind of got this idea of if you're going to give advice, nobody said do this or do that. They had their certain opinions on it, but they were never going to say, like, do it or don't. So my thing to Zach was like, when you get into this market, most importantly, like, it's not about do GQ or don't do GQ uh, your rookie season, right? Um, (laughs) It's understand who you are, who who you want to portray yourself to be. And understand what comes with all these decisions you're going to make in the media space, right? Because it's a it's an unforgiving media. It is um, it is a difficult market. A gr- can be a great market, but you just have to understand. In some ways, you're playing with fire, right? Fire can heat up your house, cook up your food. It can also burn down your house. Burn it right? down. So you just <laughs> so you just have to be uh, careful of what you say or don't say. And then at the end of the day. You got to understand that no matter what you do, whether it's GQ, whether it's Home and Gardening magazine, right? Either way, you're going to get criticized from people who disagree with what you did. If you're Home and Gardening, well, he's too buttoned up for me. I want somebody more Johnny Manziel, you know, Baker Mayfield. That that's too clean cut for me. If you do GQ, like, oh well, that's too racy. I want someone clean shaven and suit and tie all the time. You know, looks the part all the time. So whatever it is, you're gonna you're gonna get it from both angles no matter what. And it's going to be either positive or negative, understand who you are. And then the other thing I said was, you just got to keep football the main thing. I had plenty of outside opportunities, whether it was Broadway, whether it was this GQ thing, anything like that, all the endorsement stuff. But the guys saw me in the building and knew that that wasn't the only part of me. The, the most important part of me was in the building, grinding, ingratiating myself with my teammates, um, you know, coming up with uh, activity stuff for us to do, sending the O-linemen's wives flowers for Mother's Day my rookie year, just to just to, you know, try and get those guys together and and do something nice, taking uh, guys to Broadway shows. When I got invited to a, a movie premiere, just like uh, Zach Wilson's going to, I said, I can only go if I have like six extra tickets. And if I can't get those tickets, I'm out because I'm taking guys on the team because they won't get the invite. Those guys don't get, you know, your left guard and left tackle don't get the invite, but the quarterback does. So I just gave him advice like that. Like, that's what I would suggest you do. I'm not telling you do it or don't do it. It's up to you. Understand who you are when it comes to media and and go ball, dude. Just make football the most important thing and you'll be great. Mark, where did you learn or where did you come up with the idea of doing all that? I, I think that goes kind of above and beyond what a lot of quarterbacks do, especially yeah. rookie quarterbacks. Did somebody teach you that stuff? And a follow up real quick. Did was anybody pissed about the flowers to the wives or was that was just uh, that was uh, no, thank you, so you're that, a hero. that gave us a, a, 
a free hall pass one night to take the boys out and go have a good time. You know what I mean? Okay. They're like, oh, this is a nice guy. Like, yeah, what a sweetheart. You know, I trust I trust my husband with him. Chess, not checkers. <laughs> smart, smart Sanchez. Um, no, you know what? Uh, Coach Carroll taught me a lot of that. Um, my dad, um, you know, you got to you got to learn how to communicate with people, especially in a leadership position. And everybody's coming from different circumstances, different walks of life. And you got to build a bridge and communicate with them and gain their trust uh, to an extent where when you're in the thick of it, when it's third and eight and it's the fourth quarter and this play is going to keep our drive alive or not to get us a field goal to win this game or put it into overtime, whatever it is, you got to have a relationship built up that's strong, that has a good foundation so you can jump on those guys. You could push those guys. You can, um, you know, jump on Nick Mangold, who's the all pro grades out in the 90s every game. But you jump on him at practice and you have an agreement with Nick Mangold. So everybody else knows, hey, if he can yell at Nick Mangold and Nick's pretty damn near perfect, then I better get right. Yeah. I better execute properly. And so those are things that my dad, you know, he was a fire captain for a long time. Um, and, and he said, the most important thing I need from these guys is communication and their trust. Because when we get into that building and it's on fire and you're saving lives and you're trying to figure stuff out, there's no like emotional like, oh, he doesn't like me or, oh, he got mad at me or, oh, he gave me a look. Like there's no time for that. There's zero time for that. And right now we have a shared struggle. We're trying to accomplish a goal. We got to be rock solid. And so a lot of that was building that trust with those players. So so they knew when it's when it's tough, when the you know, essentially the figurative bullets are flying and it's time to go. Um, you know, intentions get hot. People get hot. If we get mad at each other, we jump on each other, whatever somebody yells at me. I know it's not personal. I, I love that dude. I'll do anything for that guy. And I screwed up or he'll do anything for me, but he screwed up. We got to be accountable. And, and that's, that's essentially what Zach's going to have to do. And then on the other side, you got to understand the jets picked me fifth overall, but they were nine and seven the year before they had made the playoffs with Chad Pennington a couple years before that with Mangini, they were like 10 and six. So they had built this thing and had a great veteran team that I stepped into, okay? They they traded up to get to five. They weren't the fifth worst team in the NFL. Mm. The Jets right now are the second worst team in the NFL. By far. Now, they have a, they have a ton of draft capital, Maybe but understand, that takes years to develop. Let's just say in a perfect world, in a vacuum, they hit on every draft pick this year, which is almost impossible, right? Let's just say they did, and all of them are all pros, and they're the best players at their position in the next five, six years. It's still going to take time for those guys to mature together. It's like the Little League ball club that starts when they're six, seven, eight years old, and then they finally get to high school, and now they're turning double plays, flipping the ball between their legs, Woo! and coming up with their own signs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to take time. So the most important thing for them as an organization and for Zach personally is to understand, like, manage your expectations. You're, you're going to have to grow up with these guys and mature with these guys and it takes time let that thing stay in the oven let it cook a little bit mm. you know uh my dad just he said hold your horses you know just relax yeah let it let it play out and that's in that market that's tough now that's, that's... very tough i don't i don't envy joe douglas i think he's awesome i think yeah he'll nail it but they could, they're uh, gonna know, stink though spot, hey there's a chance you're gonna stink and i think that's the biggest thing in the quarterback position and zach wilson Obviously, I don't think any of us knew he existed before last year, and his swag was awesome. And I think he has, obviously, I think he's very mature, I think is what everybody's saying about him. And he's got moxie, which you're going to have to have, especially as a quarterback. I, I'm kind of, 
By the way, a lot of these quarterbacks are coming out and talking. They got no moxie. It seems like they're just very dry. Like, I would like my quarterback to potentially have a little bit of something because of everything you're saying about a leadership position and also having the guys be like, hey, this is our guy. Might be a different world, not 100% sure. But Zach Wilson, his success and almost all quarterback success not only depend upon them like lifting the team, but the team not sucking. Now, Andrew Luck oh, yeah. came in, and our team was not great, and he won us a lot of games or whatever. But there was a lot of vets on that team still that like helped him out and made some plays for him and everything like that. It is not an envious position. I'm not envious of any quarterback that has to go to a shitty franchise and turn that thing around. And also, by the way, you're being tasked with that by the fans, and the hype is there. Zach Wilson's got a lot to live up to. Uh, I think it's smart he called you and others. Uh, was it a FaceTime, or was it just a conversation on the phone? And did it look like that? Is that exactly – shout out Dirty, by the way. Gertie's killing it here oh. on this phone. Is that what it looked like there? Would you guys FaceTime, or was it just a no, phone call? No, we, we were just talking on the phone. Old school, you know, dial, you know. Can't do that. Numbers. Can't do it. You got to FaceTime. Got to FaceTime. You got to see what they're saying. You got to see how they're saying it, and if they're taking it how you, they should be. That's Get with the time, Sanchez. What do you have, Todd? <laughs> Sanchez, in terms of the market, and like Pat said, with like uh, Zach Wills, or you know, kind of coming out of nowhere. Like, obviously, they're going to be growing pains. But with you being at USC, I feel like you were a superstar your last year anyway, and you had those growing pains. Like, do you think there's any concerns uh, considering he's coming from like Utah and everything like that, and it could just be too much? Uh, th- that's for everybody. You know, like, because you can argue that other side for somebody like Trevor or Mac Jones being like, well, you know, he's had the best of the best always. So what if he's on a team without, you know, advantage them? Like every game they play, it's advantage their team versus the other team because they're just better. Right. So, I mean, there's something to be said for that. It's not nothing. It is something. Uh, But from from a playing standpoint, there is going to be a learning curve. But he's also never played with potential superstars like that like he's not with a bunch of all pros right now at BYU either so that's only going to elevate his play uh but I think the most important thing when you when you talk about these quarterbacks it's the toughest position in sports it's so hard to evaluate these guys based on film and and their college experience because everybody's different but I sat down with Steve Young we broke down some tape on Zach Wilson and he said the most important thing is you, you you can't coddle these quarterbacks, okay? And there's a fine line between coddling them but focusing on them and decisions being made in the organization for that position and for that specific player. And and it's it's very fine line because you, you you look at, you know, do we draft a receiver for him to throw to or do we need the lineman for somebody to protect him if we're Cincinnati, right? Need like, a what line, we, right? What are we doing? A line, so, right? Yeah, so it's like, are we going to protect them first or give them weapons? Well, you got to figure it out. You would think protect them first and then figure out the weapons later, but Chicken I, I don't know. You know, those it's not my draft pick, but <laughs> it's it's um, it's it's a tough position to evaluate. The most important thing, like I said, they got to be focused. Your your decisions in that organization have to focus on the success of the quarterback, and there's going to be a learning curve. I don't care if you're coming from USC or BYU, or North Dakota State. You're go- There's going to be a learning curve. Sometimes it's a little steeper than others. North Dakota State's a stud right now in oh, Indianapolis, yeah. by the way. He used to play MVP like football. He's getting back on the same page there. Uh, Connor, go ahead. Yeah, Mark, uh, because it seems to be locked in that Zach Wilson will be the number two pick, has the Jets, you know, reached out and given him the playbook so they can do the whole, you know, song and dance that the Jags and Trevor Lawrence are doing? I have no idea. 
I can't say. What type of interviewer I, are you? I actually have no idea. What type Come of interviewer? On. Hold on. So you I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if somebody said yes or no, I'm kind of not surprised either way. I would assume yes, but that is a you know complete assumption based on zero information or fact. When can we see the? Can we? Has this already been released? The Zach Wilson sit down with Steve Young, and then I think you said Sarkeesian and Mac Jones sit down, and then who else do you have? This is unbelievable. Have we? How have we not seen this yet? Uh, Justin Fields and Ryan Day. We'll get it to you by next week. We'll have it ready to roll for draft week. But um, yeah, it's who uh, made it? it? Who made it? Me, Goat Farm, Malka. Let's let's go! Congrats, Tom yeah, Mama. We said it's awesome. It's really cool. It, 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 got- it's fun to watch. It's fun to speak the language with the guys and sit down. Um, it, it's very disarming to be like, hey, let's watch some tape. I love what you do here. You show them some good plays and. You, you just get the conversation going and you see how they talk the game. You see how they speak the language of the quarterback position, what he's seeing, what keys he's picking up on, anything I can impart on him, uh, whether it's mistakes or successes that I've had in the past. That's what I try and I try and get out of these film sessions because you're not going to get to know somebody in 20 minutes. But when you share that position, there is a special bond between quarterbacks. And it is really fun to, to listen to these guys open up about why they call that play, how that play came about uh you know we haven't had this play in our playbook since training camp and sark brought it back out for the game against notre dame or the championship against you know whoever like that kind of stuff is is really interesting to me it's almost like behind the music of the quarterback position okay we appreciate that we cannot wait to see it congrats on i assume a very incredible piece of content that we will react to uh quickly here because we got to get to a break and we know we're taking up a lot of your time thank you for joining us today on short notice by the way that's a quarterback bond by the way we appreciate that uh don't worry about the miller light stooge over there he played on defense side of the ball the um <laughs> so so sanchez mac jones and sarkeesian sat down with you yeah because yeah. your relationship with sark right at usc yes. whenever he was there is mac jones the, the narrative right now is he's like the smartest guy of all time. He's got photographic memory. Do you think that is why the Sarkeesian offense was so successful last year down there? Because Mac Jones has the ability to process information very quickly. And is that why everybody's talking about him moving up the draft? I completely agree with that. I think what Sark alluded to and what you'll see in these, in these interviews is Sark talked about him behind Jalen Hurts, behind Tua, and how he banked reps for years and years and years rep after rep after rep with shifts and motions, understanding to get information, how you get information from the defense, how to use your cadence, how to use motion to get a half man advantage, all this kind of stuff. And he was able to apply it when he finally got his opportunity. So it was, that's why he didn't just play good. He played great because he got to bank those reps. And Sark said, he's one of those rare guys who can take the drill work to the field and he is deadly accurate a lot of his yards you go back and watch all these rpos and stuff these little flare swing screens all that kind of stuff tunnel screens to the wide receivers balls a yard in front of the front number perfectly positioned for these guys to catch and run and then when you get the receivers that alabama has that's why they turn into explosive plays he's he's deadly accurate in and around the line of scrimmage and that's that's what made him took his game to the next level and then we talked about some cool stuff towards the end of the season because you see him make a throw and kind of leave the leave his hand up there almost like a fadeaway jumper leaving it and start to fade away and i kind of looked at him and i said you're a little swaggy here. Uh, you're, you're feeling, money, you're feeling it right now he goes, you. oh yeah you know he got a little bash he said yeah you know i was, I was feeling pretty good i felt good about it yeah, yeah. but it was real. it was good to see it because you could tell his confidence was sky high and he's dealing bro he's a vegas dealer just letting it rip 
So I can't wait. To, when does this come out? Do you want to let us know when these things come out? You just said the whole week. That's yeah. seven days. Uh, Mon- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll, we'll probably release the three in a row um, on YouTube for Fourth and Forever. And we wanted to make sure you guys had it, too. Oh, you're the nice. best. The guy. Yeah. Including AJ. I want AJ to have it as well. You're still my dog, AJ. I would love to. I would love to check it out, Mark. Thank you very much. Pat will not watch it, so just get them. To <laughs> yeah, AJ. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Sanchez. Thank yeah, you, Mark. Thank you, Sanchez. Like, quick, quick, quick. Come oh, here. Yeah. yeah, hey, this is a future Come drummer, here. probably. Here. This is the next uh, really Large. famous drummer. Yeah. Of course, Large, he's eating right? a quesadilla. Oh, oh, what, up, dude? What's up, dude? what up, dude? Hey, he's the yeah. best. That's a cool. Hey, you got a cool kid. Uh, mine's gonna be a pain in the right, ass, though. so I'm gonna try not to. All right, see you, ladies and gentlemen. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show all week. Big thanks to all the boys for making magic happen, both back in Indianapolis and here in Tampa Bay. AJ Hawk, all of our guests. Can't thank you enough to everybody that helps make this possible. Which is most importantly, you that choose to listen to this show every single day. I'm sick of me. I'm very thankful that you aren't, or if you are, you have somebody else you love listening to. We can't thank you enough for spending time with us. Uh, We are very lucky to share part of your day with you. Um, We'll continue to try to get good shit together for this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please be a friend, tell a friend. And next week is going to be massive. Big time guests, big time conversations, and big time situations being made in the NFL that could affect teams for decades. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these beautiful people into an incredible weekend. Cheers. Cheers.